my name is Ron Cool. I'm one of the pastors here at Hillside. Welcome to all of you, and welcome to those of you who are joining us online. It's good for us to come together this morning. And uh, the scripture passage I want to look out, I picked up for you, Daniel, really, and Felicia and the family. But I realized during the week I needed to hear this, and my guess is so do all of you as well. Joshua 1. Joshua 1, 1, verses nine, 1 through 9, uh, verses 1 through 9. This is what we read. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river of the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or for, nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you might be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It was a big day for Israel. It was a big day because it was finally time for Israel to head out, to cross the Jordan River, to, to, to go into the promised land. It was a huge day, a huge time for them. It's a day they'd been waiting for for 40 years, ever since God had taken them out of the land of Egypt. God had come to them when they were in slavery, and he said, I'm going to rescue you. I'm going to get you out here. And he said, I'm going to bring you into the promised land. I'm going to bring you into a land flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to take you to a great place. Now, if you just go straight from Egypt to Israel, to the promised land, it's really not all that far, under 400 miles, uh, maybe from here to Toronto uh, is kind of the distance that you think about. If they had done that, that would have been fairly easy. <laughs> but Israel, like us, like the church, never does things the easy way. And they ended up wandering around in the desert for 40 years. They went down to Mount Sinai, got the Ten Commandments. We're talking about that. We'll get back to that next week. And then for 40 years, they wandered around in the desert. But finally, it was time. God brought them up to a place called Mount Nebo, which is across the Jordan River from Israel. And, and from Mount Nebo, it's so cool. You can look down and, and, and you can see across the Jordan River into the land of Israel. You can see into the promised land. And the people are there and they've seen that. And, and so they've got that excitement. They've got that joy. It was time to head out. And Joshua, Joshua, the new leader of the people of Israel, was nervous. You, you might suggest he was downright scared. And it's for good reason, right? Think about Joshua's situation. You and I in these kind of situations, we're the same way. We get nervous. We get nervous about what's going to happen because we don't know what's going to happen. He was in a new position. Moses had been the leader of Israel for the last 40 years, and he was one of the greatest leaders Israel ever had. He had listened to God. He spoke with God. He saw God's glory. He brought the Ten Commandments. Moses was this amazing leader. Joshua had been second in command, but now Moses is dead. 
Now Moses is gone, and it's time for Joshua to step up and say, I'm now the leader of these people. God has put me in this place. And anytime we have that, you get a promotion, you go to a new school grade, you go to a new school, a new level, college, graduate school, whatever it is, seminary. Most of us, when we get into those situations, we have those, those nervous questions. Am I, am I going to be able to do this? <laughs> I know I could do my old job, but can I do my new job? Can I do seventh grade? I did sixth grade, but can I do seventh grade? Can I, can I handle this new responsibility? Whenever we're in a new position with new responsibilities, we get a little nervous, and we wonder if we'll be able to handle it. Not only that, he was leading. He was leading Israel, God's people, into new and very different territory. Being in the desert where God leads you by fire and, 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 and by a cloud and being in that desert where God fed you by, with manna and quail every day, was very different than crossing that river and going into the land. They were going to face challenges they'd never faced before. Cities that were fortified, armies that were trained. They were going to, they were going to face challenges of, of, of finding their own food, of figuring out. And it was just, well, it was, it was just so full of unknowns. He, he was facing such an unknown future. And again, we all have that when we find ourselves in new situations. And sometimes we don't even have to move to find ourselves in a new situation, right? The world around us changes, and as things change, we have to figure out, how do I do this now? How do I handle this new situation? Again, I could do the old one. I think about that as churches, not just Cragmore where Daniel's going, not just Hillside, but all churches. The world around us changes, and I know how to be a pastor in 2015, but I don't get to just be a pastor in 2050. I got to be a pastor, pastor today in 2021 and, and 2025 and all the way down the line. And, 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 and so I don't know what it's like. I don't know what we're going to run into. Daniel and Felicia, we were talking the other night and, and it was kind of like, where do we get groceries? Will people be nice to us? Will we be able to find out? They don't know, all right? There's so many unknowns about these new situations. And when we face those unknowns, we get really nervous. Some of you may recognize the phrase, better the devil you know than the devil you don't. Now, we probably would be better off with no devil, okay? But, but the, you know, the, most of us would say, I'd rather have problems I know about than problems I don't. We get comfortable. We like to stay in the same place. Joshua was nervous, and God knows it. And again, part of the reason I love God so much and, and one of the aspects of God's character that I love so much is that, is that he doesn't just yell at Joshua and say, get over it. No, he gives Joshua really four gifts. He says four things to Joshua in this first chapter here. Four things that he says to Joshua to help him as he goes into this new situation, as he takes up this new position. And, and again, for all of us, we'll be in new positions all the time. I, I have to figure out how not to have Daniel around. <laughs> And so it's new for all of us. And so these are words for Joshua. They're words for the buds. I want you to hear these as you go to a new place and to all of us as we figure out what, what does it mean to be church? What does that mean for us to be God's people in, in the coming years? How do we look forward in faith? How do we move forward in faith? God says four things for us when we face an uncertain future, an unknown future. First thing God says is this, and it's important that we hear it. God says, keep moving forward. You don't get to stop. I can imagine Joshua wanting to say, okay, God, now I'm just taking over here. Can I have like 10 years to get into my position? Can I have like five years at least to get things ready? But God says, no, Moses is dead. <laughs> Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready. You got to cross the Jordan, man. It's time to go. You got to get into the land that I will give you to, to them, to, to all the Israelites. 
God says to them, keep moving forward. Again, I would imagine there were, well, we know what, the people of Israel, they didn't want to just stay in the desert. Some of them wanted to go back to Egypt. They wanted to, I don't care, I don't like the unknown. I don't like this. It's too scary. There are too many enemies. There are too many challenges. There are too many, I want to go back to Egypt. Now, I don't know if that makes hillside Egypt Daniel, for you, I hope not. I don't, I don't think that's who we are. But anyway, God says, you know, we got to keep moving. He knows. He knows that we can get stuck in the past. Churches are so good at this. I'm so good at this. I want to just do what we did before. Man, do you remember how great we were as a church in 1990? Do you remember how great we were as a church in the year two? You know, it's great. We remember those things. We celebrate those things. But God calls us to be the church today. Not to redo yesterday. But he calls us to be the church today. We can get stuck in the past. We can just rest on where we've been. You know what? We've got buildings. We've got nice stuff. We've done enough. Let's let somebody else take it. God says, no, keep moving. Keep going forward. I've got more territory for you to conquer. And there's territory in Colorado Springs. And there's territory right in this area. There are people God wants to bring to the kingdom. God wants to bring the kingdom into our schools and he wants to bring the kingdom into our neighborhoods and he wants to bring the kingdom into our lives in so many different ways. God wants us to keep moving forward and we need to hear that word. God says, you know what? Don't stop. Don't stop. We give God thanks for the past. We remember the past. We build on the past, but, but we keep moving forward. Second thing God says, and this is an interesting one. God says, I will give you victory. And, and, and I tell you right now, when I say that, I, I get a little bit nervous because, you know, some Christians who say life is just always victory and it's always great and there's never struggles. That's not what it's saying, okay? But God does say, look at Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land. What land? The land I am about to give to them, the Israelites. God says that he will give us victory. God will give them the land. God will give them that. Verse three says, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised. Now notice really something very, very important here. And, and Daniel and Felicia, for you guys as well, for all of us. God doesn't say, you know what? You're going to get victory. He says, I will give you victory. This is the land I am going to give to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot. It's God who gives us victory. And God promises us that his kingdom will come. God promises us that, that one day all things will be made new. God promises us that we will be successful. Now, we gotta stop because the Bible's clear on some things in history and the Bible shows us some things. God does this in his time. We don't get to claim it today. <laughs> the fact is those boundaries that, that God said to Moses of how big Israel was going to be, it wasn't until 500 years later that they actually reached that size. Okay, so, you know, you say, oh, we're going to go out and claim victory. We're going to bring Cragmore and, and Colorado Springs to Christ yeah, in God's time. <laughs> In God's time, we're going to get there. In God's time, he's going to make everything new. Again, it was 500 years for them to get to that place. And, and so we don't just say, well, we always get to claim this whenever we want. But we do know that ultimately, we have victory. Ultimately, God will make all things new. Ultimately, I will be made new. You will be made new. He does it in his time, and he does it in his way. Again, God's way is not always our way. At the center of the Christian faith is a cross. 
is a savior who we say on this cross, what looked like the ultimate loss in the eyes of the world was the ultimate victory in, in human history because it was God's gift of new life, the forgiveness of our sins. We follow a savior who says, this is the way you live. It's through the cross. And so God says there's victory, but we do victory in his way. We don't get to say, well, here's what success is gonna look like in five years if Hillside is X, Y, and Z. And we have to say, God, what do you want Hillside to look like in five years? What do you want Craigmore to look like? What do you want Grand Rapids, Colorado Springs? God, that's what we want to do this in your time and in your way. But friends, we're going to win because God is going to win. It's going to be okay. God's kingdom is going to come. We will have the ultimate victory. So even when we get discouraged, even when we have time of loss, we remember that God is going to act. God says, keep moving forward. Second, I will give you victory. The third thing God says is be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't get discouraged. Don't throw in the towel. Be strong and courageous three times, all right? First of all, verse six, be strong and courageous, God says to, to Joshua. Verse seven, be strong and very courageous. And then verse nine, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Now, those last two lines, I think, help us really understand what being strong and courageous is all about. Do not be afraid. It's not that, like, you know, build up all your muscles or be great or have a lot of money in your coffers or whatever. No, to be strong is to, is to put our faith in God, but it's to not be afraid. To not be afraid. Now, the people of Israel had great reason to be afraid. About 40 years, right at the beginning of their time in the desert, you, you might remember, some of you will maybe remember the story of how Joshua and some other people actually went into the promised land to spy it out. And they came back and they said, it's great. It's amazing. It's fantastic. It is really beautiful place. And, and we can't wait to get there. But they also said, we don't stand a chance against these folks. We cannot do this because they are so strong. Their cities are so fortified. And, and the, the, some of the people in there are so large. Numbers 13, 33 says, says this. It, it says, we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we looked the same to them. <laughs> yeah, don't be afraid when these people can just crush you. Don't be afraid when the world around us is really powerful and can, can just do a lot of damage when the evil one can do a lot of damage in our lives. Don't be afraid because our God is bigger. Don't be discouraged. Again, I think it's fascinating. God says, I'm gonna give you victory, but don't be discouraged because what he's saying is because there's gonna be loss on the way to victory. There's gonna be pain on the way to victory. There's gonna be discouragement. Daniel, there will be days when you will say, what were we thinking? At Hillside, at least we knew what to do. It's okay. Don't get discouraged. God will win. Okay, and for all of us, we find ourselves in those situations. You took the new job. You thought this is what God was calling you to do. And you say, oh man, it's not going the way I thought it was. I'm so discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. Be strong and courageous. Not because of our own strength. And Daniel, you know I can say this, and, and I mean it exactly like this. You can't do this job that you accepted. You, you don't have the strength any more than I have the strength to be the pastor here. None of us have the strength 
to bring in the kingdom. It's not because of our own strength, okay? When you're trying to be God's person, when you're trying to love those kids into Christ, when you're trying to love your neighbor into Christ, when you're trying to do all those things, you don't have the strength to do it. You can't change anybody's heart. You can't make it good. We can't do this vacation Bible school program. It's not because of our strength, but because God is with us. That is his promise. And he will be at work in us. Again, as I was with Moses, verse 5, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's why you can be strong and courageous. Have I not commanded you? Verse 9, again, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Why? For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Our strength is not in us. The fact is, I do this way too often, and anytime I do it, anytime you do it, this is what happens. I look at my problem, and I look at myself, and that's fear and, and discouragement. I look at the difficulties ahead of me, and I look at my own ability, and I say, this is crazy. I can't do this, but I need to look at God. When I look at God, and then the problem, the challenge, when I look at God, I find myself with strength and courage to know that it's not up to me. It's not about me. I don't have to do it, but God will go with me, and in his time and in his way, he will make all things new, all right? So keep moving forward. God says, I will give you victory. God says, be strong and courageous. And then finally, the fourth thing, trust my ways and my word. God says this in verse seven, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. So you gotta listen to me, you gotta do this, you gotta understand, I know some things and I'm giving you my word and you need to live out that word. You need to be living that strength. Do not turn from my word to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Stay in my word. Stay in my word. Live according to my ways and my word. And keep this book of the law. Again, verse 8. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, that you will be prosperous, successful. Trust my word, God says. Trust my ways. You don't want to, and, and again, God doesn't do this. We said this with his Ten Commandments series over and over again. God doesn't do this because he's going to crush us if we get it wrong. He, he's just telling us, don't go in the ditch. What he does with his word is he tells us where the ditches are. And, and, and to us, it kind of, we get messed up, and it looks like the ditch is a great place, and then we go in the ditch, and life's a mess. No, we do things God's way. And, and we have to remember that as a church. Because we can be tempted to, to do things our way. We know what makes success. We know how to get a crowd. We know how to make people happy. We know how to get people excited. We know how to do all these things. And we're tempted to do it our way. You see that in churches. It's always a temptation to, to not talk about the cross, to not talk about sin. But God's way is to recognize that we are dead but alive through God in Jesus Christ. And, and, and what works from a human standpoint might work for a short time, but ultimately God says, no, do it my way. And we could be tempted as well to give a moral break, uh, give ourselves a moral break if we are having success. You've seen that in churches if you pay attention. Pastors who are great pastors, evangelists who are great evangelists, they, 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 they do something wrong, and, and the people around them say, well, he's a great person with great ability, but also great appetite, so we have to have great forgiveness, so let's just push it. No. No, be committed to obedience. Keep, be committed to saying, no, I'm not going to give myself a break. So if we say, well, I've just worked so hard. I deserve a break today. God says, no, don't take a break, because their break will break you. 
And, 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 and so stay true to God's ways. Stay true to God's words. So those four words. Again, all of us are facing some things, right? All of us are uncertain about what's going to be happening ahead with our lives, with our situations. God says, keep moving forward. Don't just stay stuck. God will give us victory in his time, in his way. We can be strong and courageous. And God calls us to trust in his ways and his words. I want to close, and then we'll have some time to say thank you to Daniel and Felicia. But I want to close the sermon part of this with something that's, it's one of those sayings that you probably heard a lot before. But sometimes those things are just so good. And as you go, and as we stay, and as we try to figure out life without you, and you figure out life in Colorado Springs, remember, we don't know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. And so we can be strong and very courageous. Let's pray together. Father, it's scary when we don't know what's going to happen. We would much rather be able to have the next six years visible to us right now. We would like to know exactly what's going to happen, how it's going to go. We'd like to know the next 20 minutes. But Lord, we don't know. We're not smart enough. We're not big enough. And, and so as we all try to figure out how to be faithful to you in 2021 and then 2022, and as the buds do that in Colorado Springs and in the other places where Zaya and David are, remind us to keep moving forward. Give us strength and courage. Remind us more than anything else that you are with us and you, you, will the one, you are the one who will bring victory. And so, Lord, we do pray for Daniel and Felicia and David and Zaya as they begin this new chapter in their lives. We pray for Hillside as we begin a, a new chapter in our lives. Lord, we pray that we will be faithful according to your word and passionate, and we will know the joy of walking with you into a new future. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, before Daniel and Felicia head out and before we have cake together afterwards, all right, a few things uh, that I want to say, and I'll let you just stay there for now. We'll have you come up in a minute. But uh, what we want to say is just we thank God for you, and uh, we just thank you for your service here, all right? We, uh, we thank you for, I got three things here, for loving us. Uh, you guys have loved us well. If you've been in the hospital and Daniel has visited, you've known that. Felicia, they come, they pray, they love you. Uh, they bring you treats. I got chewed out because I went to see somebody this week, and he said, where's the candy? And I'm like, I do it on Sunday, but no, Daniel does it during the week, and it's just chocolate. And so anyway, no, you loved us with friends, with family. You loved us coming over to our houses, inviting us into your home. It, it, that's just so essential. And continue to love God's people in, in Colorado Springs. But thank you for just loving us, all right, for letting us be a part of your lives and you being a part of our lives. Thank you for teaching us about God and his heart. Through sermons, through lessons, through prayers, uh, Daniel, you've taught us about who God is about his grace, about his love, about his desire to see people come home to him, about his heart to have people know him, uh, to reach out to them. One of the things I learned early on with Daniel is that um, when I would go to, we'd go to a restaurant or whatever to have lunch, 
And, you know, it, well, it was really any place. We're walking through a store. If Daniel has like a 30-second conversation, that's about as long as he can go before asking somebody if they're a Christian. And I would be sitting there honestly just going, oh, Daniel, my goodness, we don't do that around here. But no, it's like he, they didn't, you know, it was just like that's what you, you got a heart. That's I want to know. Do you know Christ? Are you a follower? Do you have a home? Do you, are, you know, and, and, and it's so just that's a reflection of God's heart. And you shaped us a lot with all of those things. So thank you for teaching us about God and his heart. And then thank you for bringing the world to us and, uh, or the world to us and us to the world. Um, you did that just by being you, <laughs> bringing some of Romania here to us and teaching us about Romania and about Eastern Europe and about what it was like to grow up there. But you brought people from Korea to us and from uh, South America to us and, and from so many different places. And you brought us, you, you led groups and you taught us about all sorts of other things. And, and Daniel, when you prayed, you prayed around the world. And I, I don't know if other people did it, but I did every Sunday. It was kind of like, where are we going this Sunday, Lord? Are we going, you know, to Myanmar? Are we going to Burma? Where are we going this Sunday, Lord? To Russia? And so that was a gift to us. And we thank you so much for that. I just wanted to pray for Daniel before he leaves, all right? So let's, let's pray together. Father, uh, as Daniel goes to Romania for a time, but then as Daniel and Felicia head out to Colorado Springs, we know that you will go with them. But may they know your presence. May they feel your grace and strength. Now, Father, we pray that you will give them just strength and courage to be faithful for servants of yours in this new place. Thank you for the work that they have done. But we pray that you will indeed bless them and make your face shine upon them and be gracious to them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Well, uh, as you know, our hearts started with sadness, then we moved towards, you know, grieving and then gratitude. So today I think we are in that mode of gratitude. Our hearts are full of thankfulness, of gratitude for this uh, wonderful, blessed rich years of ministry for this season of life for us and we are so grateful for every one of you and for the role that you played in our growth for the way that you allowed the holy spirit to use you to bless us to help us grow to help us grow in who we are today it is because of you to serve together to love one another but also to love our neighbors as we love our lord and we grow in knowing and we go here with a heart full of thankfulness and so blessed, blessed memories and blessed years. We feel that we, we've been with Moses, but not through the wilderness, though. You know, we still feel that we went through the land of plenty. And we, these were years of plenty of blessings, of richness. So we pray for you, and we know that God will be faithful to you as he will be faithful to us. So we look forward with excitement, excitement for what he has in store for all of us. Because his kingdom will continue, his talents and his gifts and his Holy Spirit present is with all of us, whether we are here or in Colorado. So as we leave this place, my beloved friends and brothers and sisters, know that uh, the Lord greets us and blesses us and he bestows upon us this blessing. May the Lord be with you. May the Lord lift you. And lift his face and turn his face toward you. And may the Lord fill you with his love, with the presence of the Holy Spirit. And may the love of Christ and his grace fill your hearts, your families, your lives. 
And may the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit always lift you up, always point you to Christ and to his love. And may Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, take shape in you as you love one another and serve the Lord. Amen.